So, Lord, we thank you that through Christ you have given us joy, that through Christ you have taken away the greatest sorrow that is being slaves to sin. This morning we ask that you would come and speak to us through the word. Thank you for the singing of songs, the reading of your word, the praying and everything else that has so far happened. And now, Lord, I ask that as I explain your word, as I expound Joel chapter 2, come and speak to each one of us in simplicity and in clarity. We have a desire, Lord, to revive our hearts. We have a desire this morning to change us and that we offer our hearts to you like never before. And that the result will be joyfulness. The result will be a visitation and a forever dwelling in our midst. We honor you, Lord, and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Joel chapter 2, everybody. Turn with me to Joel chapter 2. Our key verse in today's sharing is verse 13. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and relents from sending calamity. You have heard already that the month of July has been the month of prayer and fasting, and many of us have joined in in various, you know, sessions, particularly Tuesdays and Fridays, those that were able to come to the cathedral to just join the family of young people praying for revival, praying for a fresh visitation to our youth ministry and young people in this church and beyond. And it's been an amazing experience even on my side, and today we want to bring to, to close this season that we have had of prayer and fasting. And quite obviously, today's reading tells us about Prophet Joel. And I just want to begin by saying to us that Joel was an instrument of God. He was God's mouthpiece. God used him at, at the time that he lived to convey his messages. God used Joel to tell people what his will was. And in Joel chapter 1, verse 1, we have a glimpse of that when we read the words, the word of the Lord that came to Joel. The word of the Lord came to Joel. Verse 1 says, the word of the Lord that came to Joel, son of Pethuel. In other words, what we are interacting with this morning is not just Joel's word. It is God himself who is talking through Joel. This is not Joel's opinion. This is not Joel's wise counsel. He's not just being a sharp guy with a lot of experience. And so he wants to share some of the things that he has at heart. This is God himself. It says the word of God that came to Joel. So just in case you thought this is prophet Joel, it is not prophet Joel, it is God speaking through Joel. And so that time came. And by this time, God was disappointed with Israel, the nation, the people of God. Israel is a nation, uh, is a group of people that God had chosen by grace 
and these people were not faithful to the requirements and the desires of God. And so God was disappointed. He's disappointed with Israel. And when you read Micah chapter 6, actually God asks the question, what have I done to you, my people? God asking Israel, what have I done? What is wrong with you, my people? They had become hypocrites. And he says to them, I am tired of your hypocrisy. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 15. God openly says, I am tired of your hypocrisy. I am tired of your singing. I am tired of your religious festivals. I am tired of anything and everything that comes from you. Just imagine this morning, God comes and says to us, I am tired of your singing. I am tired of your coming here on Sunday to sit in these chairs. I am tired. That is the situation of Israel, that God is tired with them. And as a result of God being tired with their hypocrisy, with their pretense, with their sin, he judges Israel. God's judgment comes on Israel that had become a rebellious group of people. And so I want to say as my first point that God's judgment is on religious, on rebellious Israel. Or God's judgment is on everyone that chooses to reject righteousness and chooses the life of sin. God judges. God does not want us to reject particularly what he has done for us on the cross and choose to go our own way. And so when we read Joel chapter 2, we see that Israel's rebellion against God has become a bad day for Israel. It's a bad day. The land is invaded like never before. It's an appalling situation. Look at chapter 1 verse 4 of Joel. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. There is an invasion, an invasion of locusts. God has sent out an army of locusts to destroy everything. Listen. Some of you watch news and listen to radio. There is a time, I think it is in 2020, when there was COVID. And in the middle of COVID, we were told the locusts had invaded some part of this country. And the president organized UPDF to go and face those locusts. These are not the kind of locusts that you will send UPDF. These are, it was a different brand of locusts. So much so that nothing was spared. All the people were affected. For you guys, you are just watching on TV that there are locusts somewhere in the east. You were not involved at all. Actually, many of you thought, ah, this dude just wants more money. I think wants the whites to feel sorry, uh, you know, on top of COVID, now locusts. And so they can, many of you said, ah, this government is bad because you are not affected in any way whatsoever. But this invasion affected everyone. No one was spared. Verse two, we are told that even the elders were not spared. They were affected. 
Look at verse 2. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, like dawn spreading across the mountains. A large and mighty army comes, such as never was in ancient times, nor ever will be in ages to come. It was bad. The elders were affected. All who live in the land were affected. Verse 5 of chapter 1, we are told that even drunkards had to pay attention to what was happening. It says, all you drinkers of wine. Verse 11, even farmers of chapter 1, verse 13, even the priests like me, they were affected. Best necessities were scarce. There was no pleasure in life. Regular worship, coming to church on a Sunday like this one, was impossible. It could not happen. And so, everyone had to sober up. Praise the name of the Lord. Everyone had to pay attention to what was happening. It was a foretaste of the final day. The day Joel is describing is, is more than just today. I know some of you have complained and grumbled and said, what sort of generation is this? I have complained as a pastor. What's wrong with the young people today? They don't like church. Even when they come to church, they are not as excited as they are when they go to some show. On Friday, we're having a conversation after prayer and saying, is it true that we have a different breed and brand of young people? Oh, it's, it's, there's something wrong. He said, no, 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 no. I think, Reverend, it's not true because these same young people are so zealous for other things. So there must be something wrong. And part of what I want to achieve this morning as I share this message is that we have personal self-examination to think about our lives and ourselves and ask the question, what is wrong with me? Why is it that I'm not as zealous for the things of God the same way I am zealous for something else? Some of us are so crazy about sports that you're so zealous for sports. You are up to date with everything that is happening and going on right now, especially the young men with the EPL transfer window, the whole European you know, soccer calendar, you, you are, you know, excited about the community shield coming up next week. You are all fired up. Some of you are already booking your jerseys online. You're waiting for the kids to arrive to Uganda, the latest away home kit and all these things. You're so much on fire because Declan Rice signed for Arsenal. You're so much on fire. But when I come here and say, can you look for a neighbor and say, la, 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 you're thinking, man, we have a terrible pastor. How dare he disturb our comfort? I pray that God can cause a fire and a thirst within us to enjoy his presence, especially when we gather together as his children, that there will be a thirst and a hunger for us to enjoy his presence. That we can be excited. Boy, it's Sunday morning. We're going for teen service. Sometimes I feel sorry for the worship team when they are pleading with us. Can you clap your hands? Everybody's like, 
I'm on you guys, you guys, we even struggled to have you come and testify. Hasn't gone, God done anything good for you? Zero. I pray that God this morning will cause us to be sober. Not just for today, for the rest of our lives. Joel is describing a day that if this day comes to us, if we live in this day, it will not be funny. It is a day that only God knows. In scripture, we know it as a day of judgment. There is one great day that God alone has fixed. Only him knows when that day will be. The whole world will be summoned to his throne. Everybody will be called upon to his throne. I like it how Peter puts it. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10. He says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with the intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Listen, as I was describing the destruction by these locusts, maybe you thought that was a bad day for Israel. Let me disappoint you that if you think the locusts in Joel's time were bad. Wait. These were not bad at all. Compared to what lies ahead, especially for sinners. You may think COVID-19 was a bad experience. Wait. That wasn't bad enough. Maybe you have read in the news or watched on CNN, Al Jazeera, or whichever, the tsunamis, the winds, every other thing you have thought about. The war in Ukraine, the suffering in Somalia and all over the world, and you think these things are so bad, they are terrible. This morning, I want to tell you that all those combined together are just a dress rehearsal. For the day of the Lord when everybody will be called to account before the creator of the heavens and the earth. Look at Revelation chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who can withstand it? What then should we do? My role is not to come here and, and scare you into the kingdom of God. My purpose is not to come here and show you how, how God can't wait to destroy you. That's not the point. God had sin and he judges it. However, there is an opportunity for us to return to the Lord. And that has been the theme for this month that will be revived, that we may return to God, the God of grace. Return and cry out to the Lord of compassion. Listen to these words. What then should we do? Cry out to the Lord of compassion. Chapter 1, verse 14, we hear these words. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. And cry out to the Lord. When things are falling apart, we cannot afford to have everything 
as business as usual. We cannot pretend that everything is okay when it is clear before our eyes that things are not okay. We cannot do business as every day. We must have self-examination in order to know our condition first and foremost. I did say on Friday that this, our situation is not different from the situation of Adam when God asked, where are you? We must be honest with ourselves to say, Gerald, where are you? With the Lord. Are you where you should be, Gerald? Are you excited about the things of God? Are you walking in righteousness? Are you reading the word of God? I did say on Friday in the prayer meeting that not far from today, a few years ago, as a preacher, when I said, let's turn to verse 14, and you stayed up looking on, you would notice that 90% of the congregation would have their heads bowing into the Bible, or at least onto their phone to find the verse that the preacher is talking about. But today when I say, let's turn to this verse, everybody stays looking at you. And there can only do two possibilities. There can be only two possibilities. Number one, you didn't carry your Bible. And so you have nowhere to look to. But also, secondly, is you are so disconnected that you don't know what is going on. It is that bad. We have to examine ourselves and find out where we are. But also the good news is that when we use the words return, revival, return means that Israel has been in this place before because you cannot return to where you have not been. So if God is calling them to walk in righteousness, it means they have walked in righteousness before. And so when I call upon us to be zealous for the things of God, I know that there has been a season when young people are on fire for God. There has been a season and a time where you don't have to plead with young people to dance. Actually, your struggle is stopping them from dancing, stopping them from praying, stopping them from being at church. Martha will tell you of a season where we literally had to send our young people from church. Go back home. Go, go, go. Please go. Don't stand here. Go, 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 go. Because they just didn't want to leave fellowship. But today we plead and plead and plead and plead and plead. And they will still tell you, Rev, I was busy. Can you sincerely come to the Lord and ask the question, where are you? What might have gone wrong? And so as they ask themselves, as Israel is compelled and inspired and encouraged to return to the Lord, there is something that Israel must remember. They must not remember only their mistakes. They must not remember only the things they have done wrong. They must also remember the character of God as a merciful God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Can I hear a hand clap? Yes, they have messed up several times. They have turned their backs against the Lord. They have been rebellious. 
They have done all those things. And so they deserve the judgment. They deserve to be beaten. They deserve to be flogged. But they must not only remember the mistakes and the sins they have committed. They must also remember that their God is a God of mercy. is a gracious God. And this Moses said several times, Exodus chapter 34, verse 5 and 6, we read these words. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Hallelujah. When you realize that where you are is not where you should be, it is soothing to the soul to know that the one who is calling you to return is one who is slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Listen, you see, sometimes when we call God Father, we are quick to remember our earthly fathers. And of course, for me, uh, there's a time, and, and this time it wasn't my father. I think it was my grandmother. I had broken some things. I think I'd broken her pot. Some of you will know, you know, understand the language of refrigerators. For us, we use pots, the local pots for drinking water. So as they are playing with, with the ball and I swung a stick to hit the ball, I missed the ball and hit the pot and the thing just crashed. And my grandmother had and asked, Gerard, what have you done? And she came out running. I ran away, entered the house, and locked myself inside the house. And she was outside. And then she started pleading, you know, it's okay. You open. I'm not going to do it. I said, wow. <laughs> she pleaded and pleaded and pleaded. I knew for sure when I opened that door. And so I stayed in there. She wanted to do some things in the house. She couldn't do them because I knew I was in trouble. And time came, she kept quiet, and I thought she must be far. And I wanted to open. When I tried to open, <laughs> I peeped. She was just there waiting with a stick. I closed. <laughs> and some of you might have been manipulated by your parents that way. They tell you, no, 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 it's okay. Just tell me the truth. It, it, it is fine. And so you think when God says, return, Israel. No, 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 come, Israel, it's okay. You think, wow, God wants you to come and then he spanks you, he shows you fire. That's not it. Our God is slow to get angry. He's abounding in love. He's full of compassion. Praise the name of the Lord. It does not matter how far down you have fallen. He will still give you a chance, an opportunity and I want to tell you that a repentant heart opens the way for God's mercy. Hallelujah. God desires a heart-to-heart -heart relationship. So in crying, listen, Israel is crying about their situation. They know it's bad for them. In crying, they needed to listen. They needed to listen. As they make noise and shout to the Lord and say, Lord, 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 have mercy and cry out and cry out. They need to listen to what God is saying. He just doesn't want them to do religious things of shouting and routine. 
God is asking for more than religion. Say it after me. God is asking for more than religion. Amos chapter 5 verse 21. It says, I, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. So if, in case you thought by coming here religiously every Sunday and on time, God is pleased. That is not what God wants from you. God wants nothing less than a heart-to-heart -heart relationship. He doesn't want to tolerate rivals. God is a jealous husband. He requires the whole heart, not just your physical coming here. God does not just want you to just stand and your heart is so far away. That is not what he wants. God wants the whole of you. For crying out loud, for example, you cannot be in a marriage relationship and keep going out with your ex-girlfriend or boyfriend. Come on. So you come into the, the presence of the Lord and the whole time you go back to your evils and sins and all these compromised lifestyles. God is not desperate for people. He wants the whole of you, not just a part of you, not just part of your time, but all of your time. Not just two hours of Sunday. Come on, excuse me. God wants more than all of you. And that is what Israel needs to pay attention to. Because God is aware that outward acts can easily degenerate into routine. Just routine. Reflecting nothing internal. Nothing disconnected from reality. And so even this season of fasting can so simply be reduced to just routine. And that is why in verse 13 he says, Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and relents from sending calamity. Praise the name of the Lord. This word rend suggests brokenheartedness. It is the idea that we read in the Psalms when the psalmist says, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. It is from a broken heart. It is from that heart that outward actions become appropriate. If it is not from a heart surrendered to the Lord, all outward actions are useless. Getting tired for zeal, no reward, nothing. If it is not coming from the heart, and I do appreciate that there are some of us who would have appreciated to stay home and watch TV but man, they said the Sunday when I, before I enter the car, everybody must be in. And so you end up here just because, man, the guy said you must be in the car. It's possible that you're here in body. You're not different from me when I park up there and walk out of the car and go to do things. You might have come here and you parked your body and you walked away. The heart is somewhere else. But I, can I give you good news that God wants you? God loves that you give your heart to him. God desires just not coming here with your body, but with the whole of your heart. 
and listen. He's not waiting to just punish you. He wants you a broken heart, a surrendered heart. God will not despise. You don't have to have it all figured out. You simply need to trust that the Lord loves you. He cares about you. You only have to trust him. David made so many mistakes, but because he had a surrendered heart to the Lord, God would say, a man after my own heart. When you read in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, you can't believe with the level of bloodshed that David, you know, was involved. The level of killings, the level of, I mean, you, some of you may know the story of Bathsheba and how he killed Horiah just because he wanted to take his wife. He did all these things. But when David came to the Lord with a broken heart, with a surrendered heart, God would pronounce himself, David, a man after my heart. So it's not about the mistakes you have made. It's not about how terrible, how bad you are. It's about your willingness to acknowledge that you need Jesus, that you need God. And when you do that, he has his arms wide open. There is assured salvation for whoever turns to the Lord wholeheartedly. And that is the cry this morning that would turn to the Lord. Not because of a bad day that is coming ahead of us, but because he loves us and he would want to have a relationship with each one of us. That if we all surrender hearts to the Lord one by one, together we'll create a movement of young people at all saints that are on fire for Jesus Christ. It is not a blanket revival. It is an individual encounter. But when every individual encounters, surrenders their heart to the Lord, the entire house will be on fire for Jesus and very soon will be demanding for a bigger space for us to gather and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. And so the soul-searching question is, where are you? How much of your heart have you, given, have you given to the Lord? The Lord is jealous about competing for your heart. He doesn't like it that he has to share the space of your heart with them. He has to share the space of your heart with some personality, with something involved. He has to share your heart with Telemundo. He has to share your heart with so many things around God wants the whole of your heart this morning and for the rest of your life. Praise the name of the Lord. And so I want us to honestly come to God and pour out our hearts to say, Lord, indeed come. Come and take over. Come and build your throne. Come and pour out abundant rain. We read in John chapter 7, verse 37, spiritual refreshing that there will be freshness in our hearts that will be righteous one more time. That God himself has said he would become a spring of living water in our hearts. That is who he will be in our lives. And so Uganda will receive a breed of young people that have been restored. And Joel later on would give us even greater news that even when we have had this loss, 
and have had all these issues, there is good news. And listen to the good news in verse 25 of Joel chapter 2. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts and the other locusts and the locust swarm. My great army that I sent among you, you will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed for a heart that accepts Jesus Christ. There is not only assurance of salvation, but there is also life in abundance. A hand clap. There is life in abundance. Oh, yes. So it's not true that you just get saved and you wait for heaven, Munange, and the rest of the time you are miserable. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. Once you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you begin to live with him. And you have abundant life, even where there is scarcity. You can still rejoice. Even when there is a lack of resources, you can still be happy. You can still be content. Because that is what the offering is like for those that have fully surrendered themselves to the Lord. Let me invite us to please stand. Please stand. I want us to spend some time in prayer. And I really want you to come to God as an individual. As an individual. It's possible that you came as brother and sister, or sister. You came from the same house. You came as friends. Now, can you just forget the friends for now? And just come to God with sincerity. And remember the one who acts out of mercy and grace. First to say, Lord, have mercy on me. Maybe I've not been as zealous as I should be. Or maybe, Lord, I've not been excited about your things that I sh the way I should be. But this morning, I don't want to act. But I, I, want, I am honest with you, Lord. It's difficult for me. I don't know how to do it. But I want you to teach me by your spirit, Lord. Enable me to have honest fellowship with you, to have good times with you. I don't know how to do it, but the spirit of God is able to teach me. So, Lord, teach me. Can we turn to prayer as individuals? Just talk to God where you are. Just turn to God where you are and ask. And ask him to revive you. And ask him to minister to you his presence one more time. And maybe there are things, even as I preached, there are things the Spirit of God was pointing you to that you know they are a barrier for you to enjoy God. They are a barrier for you. They keep pulling you backwards. They are competing with God for your heart. And you simply want to say, Lord, I am sorry. Just go ahead and say that prayer to the Lord and ask for forgiveness and cry out to the Lord, to the God of us. Amidst the chaos, amidst the suffering, amidst your weaknesses, 
There is a crying voice of the Lord calling you this morning. There is a voice calling you out of that mess, calling you out of your mistakes, out of your weaknesses, out of your rebellion, a voice calling you out to surrender your heart to him. Just obey that voice and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. You don't have to have it all figured out. Just obey, just trust, and say to the Lord, here I am. It, it might have been dark for you, but it's never too dark for God. Come on. It's never too dark for God. It might have been bad for you. It's never too bad for God. It's never too bad. God does not write you off. Even for Israel that turned away from the Lord, God would still give them an opportunity. Even for the people that crucified Jesus on the cross, for the people that said, count this sin on our children, on our children's children, even for the people that spat on Jesus, even for the people that said to Jesus, if you are truly the son of God, save yourself. Even for the people that mocked Jesus, even for those, Jesus would say to the Lord, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. It's never too dark for the Lord. It's never too difficult. It's never too late. You can surrender your heart to the Lord. The commander of the locusts issues an invitation this morning. Return to me. Come to me. All of you that are weary, heavy laden, come to me. Return. That is not where you belong. Come home. It doesn't matter how far or how long it's been. Come home. God's hand is not too short to say. And I particularly want to call out to those who want to publicly come to the front to say we are giving our hearts to the Lord confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to simply walk to the front right now. I would want to pray with you. God is calling out for surrendered hearts. So for you, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ this morning, I would want to pray with you. Just walk to the front at this point. Just come to the front. You don't have to wait for anyone to go before you. Just come. There is an invitation the commander of that army of the locusts is issuing an invitation this morning. Come, come, come to the Lord. Come, talking, okay, come. God is calling out. Come to the Lord. He's calling you. Yes, come. Don't hesitate. Yes, come to the Lord. Thank you, my brother. Anyone else? Come, come. There is an invitation for you to surrender your heart. It's never too late. You're just not too bad. No. The hand of grace is present. Just come wherever you are. The rest of us are praying. Thank you, my sister. Anyone else? Come. A surrendered heart. The Lord does not despise. Thank you. Anyone else? Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. We don't have to sing a song. Just surrender your heart. It is not too dark for you. It's not too difficult for the Lord to deliver you. Say, this morning you can make it public. I make this decision. Many years ago, and today I can testify that God is faithful. 
is issuing an invitation to you. The same way is issued this invitation to any other one. Please come to the Lord this Don't hesitate. Surrender your heart to the Lord. To the Lord this Come home. Come home. Come to where you belong. God Himself. You want to live the abundant life. A life that is full. A life that is full. Some of you are scared about your weaknesses. You're scared about your friends. You don't know how you'll do it. You don't have to have it figured out. You simply need to trust the Lord. Just come to the Lord and leave everything else to God. He has you covered. His grace is enough. He will sustain you. He will uphold you. He will take care of you. He will give you answers to questions of people that will ask you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that you are so to get out that you are bound to God, I'm reminded many years ago when I was sure you were away from my message. I remember yesterday I turned away from you. And I walked straight into the world. I was going to be proud. But your hand of snatched me that trap. Today I can testify, and I just want to commend this my sister, brother, to me, that I've walked to the front to surrender their lives. God, I pray for them. Thank you for the assurance of forgiveness. That when we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you for your promise that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. May you give them salvation, Lord, because it's what you say to us. May your forgiveness come to them, Lord. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. That from today onwards, they will walk after your very heart. What breaks your heart will break theirs. What gives you joy will give them From today, Lord, they will never be a savior. My brother, my sister, I just need to thank you. Thank you for everybody that the days ahead of us will be right That from today onwards, we will never be the same. But you raise us an army that is after that as these children go back to their schools, their spaces, their homes, there will be true witnesses in the same difference. They'll be excited to share the news of salvation. The new fire, the hunger, and the thirst for your words and obedience to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus is being prayed. Everybody said, Hand up to me. Thank mm -hmm. you.